On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. In addition to my role with the E-Series, I oversee volunteer services for Hospice of the Piedmont. Throughout my years with this program, I can honestly say that no two volunteers are alike. Whether someone is a retiree, a working parent, a college student, or somewhere in between. In today's episode, we kick off the new year by highlighting the service of two of our patient volunteers whose ages span nearly 60 years. First, we'll glean from the 30 plus years of volunteer services provided by Darlene, a longtime volunteer who's worn many hats, listened to many stories, and graced many patients' doorways with her calming presence. Then we'll shift gears and spend some time with one of our younger volunteers, Zach, a High Point University student who joined us a year ago as a teenager. Although Zach has only one year under his belt as a hospice volunteer, his eagerness and enthusiasm to learn and grow both personally and professionally has been a gift to all who meet him. My hope is that you'll find these conversations as inspiring as I did. Let's jump in. Well, thank you, Darlene, so much for being with me today. Uh, I can't wait to learn more about you and hear some of your story. So to get us started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I was um, married and I have two girls. We have two girls. One lives in South Carolina and one lives here. And I have four grandsons, and they're, you know, my pride and joy because they, the oldest one is in the Navy, so he's in Hawaii right now. And my second one is a musician. He is just great. He's in, he's in several bands. And then my third one is a singer. He He's a good, has a beautiful voice. And then my last one's in the ministry. He's going in, he's at SWU, oh. Southwestern U- University, to become a um, minister, he says he's not going to preach to old people. I said, well, after a while, you'll you won't be able to do the youth. You'll be too old. And he just <laughs> laughed. But I'm proud of all my grandsons. And um, I grew up in Randleman, went to Randleman High School, and then from there I went to UNCG and got my master's in business education. So I uh, taught school, um, mostly um, I was at Randolph Community College, and then I spent the last 13 years at Southwestern Randolph High School, and uh, so I, I enjoyed that, and 47 years now, we've moved from Randleman, and um, we've lived in Erect. You know where Erect is? Uh-huh. <laughs> I've actually never even heard of it as a town. You have to pronounce it right. Erect um, is uh, about seven miles uh, southwest of Coleridge. So that's, that's me. That's it. So you must have a beautiful singing voice yourself if these grandsons of yours <laughs> I are. I know that's where they got it. But uh-huh. I'll uh, spare you. We won't make you sing on the microphone today. But Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've been with Hospice of the Piedmont or, or Hospice of Randolph um, since 1992 as a volunteer. That's 31 years, mm-hmm. which is 
incredibly impressive. Um, but I have to ask, um, why did you choose to become a hospice volunteer in the first place? Well, I started out in the summer of 92, wanting to do something to not waste my summer, but make it so I felt like I've done something. And I was going to volunteer at the hospital, and someone told me that hospice needed volunteers. So that's where I started. And uh, later, I did go to, I'm volunteering now at Randolph Hospital, Randolph Health. And I've been there for 12 years. Okay. So you're very busy. I like the volunteering. Yes, I can tell. And in those 31 years, uh, since the summer of 92, I'm sure you've worn a lot of different hats. Um, And I wonder if you could maybe tell us about a few of those. Well, I started out as um, an office assistant, which I asked Marilyn if she had anything else, because that's that's what I taught. And that's what I did most of the time was office stuff, computers. But anyway, I started in the office and then later took the volunteer training for a patient. And um, that was where I really wanted to go with the patient area. And I also did the hospice uh, events. There were several events I've done, and I really like the hospice auction and barbecue, which it's a little bit different now that they don't we don't use the volunteers as much. They have other people, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah, COVID changed how <laughs> that event looks a little bit, but I'm glad that it's back and running. Um, so as a patient volunteer, you mentioned that you've worn that hat and you've done that for a while. Um, I bet you have had a lot of different families and patients that you've interacted with and um, maybe some interesting, maybe some special that stand out to you. Would you mind sharing one or two of those with us? Well, there was one particular patient I had. And it was kind of a funny story. She would, um, I think she thought I worked for hospice, like a paid volunteer because she, first she had me, um, I cleaned her house. I did ironing, vacuuming, just anything she wanted done. And then she wanted me to cook. And I said, I've never cooked a meatloaf before, but she gave me this recipe and she wanted me to, she wouldn't even show it to her husband who was a cook in a restaurant. So I later made a chicken pie to show him that I could cook. I don't know what that meatloaf tasted like, but I got where I'd call her and She'd say, does anybody, anybody have anything for Darlene to do? And I said, well, you know, I can just come and sit and talk with you. And uh, so one day she said, well, just sit down and talk to me. She said, I won't tell them. So I think <laughs> the hospice don't have to know. So I think she thought I, that was a, a funny story. But then there was another uh, young patient I had. Uh, she had a five-year-old boy, and his job, was to the wash the dishes. Well, as a five-year-old, you know, he got behind on his dishes. And so the first time I went to meet her, that's when the volunteer coordinator would go out with me. But uh, she and I washed dishes for three hours. Oh, my goodness. Because he had glass. I'd never seen so many dishes everywhere. But it was so sad. And uh, when she died, um, the there was no one that wanted the, the little boy. The husband was not in the picture, and it was just so sad. But God worked things out because he went into a family that, that a good family that adopted him. So, oh wow, 
that was some of my, but I had lots of patients. I, I couldn't imagine, begin to imagine how many I've had, but they all have a special place. I can remember them, their families, and I really enjoyed it. I hope if anybody is listening and they are considering being a hospice volunteer, if they thought about it themselves before, but they don't feel like all of our volunteers have to do dishes <laughs> and laundry. And I feel like you really been put through the ringer in some of those situations. That was just my funny story. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you sharing them. Um, what would you say uh, in these stories, you know, besides learning how to bake, to make meatloaf, um, what is something that you have learned or ways that you've grown as a person um, kind of as a result of your time as a hospice volunteer? Well, I think I have uh, learned more about how to, to be aware of the needs of people. You don't realize that until you're like one-on-one with them and the uh, families are so impressive anything you do for them. And um, that's that's meant a lot to me because they they realize that uh, you're taking your time, and I, I encourage anyone to to do the volunteering if they would like to to go into the volunteering because some people say, well, I don't I don't think I could do that, but you know they could try. And um, you know some people I'm sure have had hospice. Um, people, families that are have been under hospice care, and they might not like to do, but I just want to try it and see what what happens. After thirty one years of doing this, and you are hopefully we've got another thirty one years in you, Darlene, doing this. Uh, I when I was twenty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what keeps you going? Why do you keep doing it? I just like to do it. My daughters will say, well, you don't need to do that now. You're sick. Well, I naturally don't go when they're sick. But after I've got well, they say, you don't need to do that. And uh, they can get somebody else. But you're, I feel like that's what I want to do. That's where I said I would be responsible for a patient. And that's what I I like to. Yeah. It sounds like it gives you not just something to do. You could fill your time doing lots of things. Yeah, you know, you, you say you volunteer at the hospital too, um, but you keep doing it. I wonder, um, would you say it has like given you um, life and purpose later in life? I think so. The older I get, the more I see, you know, how things uh, are, they're clear. They're like, you just, say things that you hadn't seen before and um, you get a better understanding of what's going to happen. And I consider it a, like a ministry, a mission that uh, it that God works things out for you and you um, just feel like you're doing something that's worthwhile. So let's say you were talking to somebody um up here or, you know, many years younger, and they were interested in being a a hospice volunteer, but they were intimidated about the idea or they were like, oh, I could never do that. Like, that's not for me. What would you tell them to kind of encourage them to step into the role or give it a chance? I think I would tell them that I felt the same way. I didn't know if I 
could do what I, at the hospital volunteers. But the volunteer coordinator that I had then was just so good. She had me doing all sorts of things, and you just get into the the rhythm of doing just about everything. That because you could tell her, I say you can't tell Marilyn no. Well, you could tell her no, but she'd just go right on like you like she you hadn't said anything. <laughs> she'd say, "Okay, you take this here." And so I think that um, that if they a person would just try it, and and if they want to. Um, maybe just go do something that's worthwhile, then, then hospice is a great area. They do so many things for so many people, and they help families when they're at the end of their rope and don't have any hope at all. They, they have really, I, that's what I hear from the families, that the, they didn't know what they would do without hospice. And it's good that we have this here. Maybe I'd ask to wrap up the conversation if there's one thing that either, you know, we, we haven't talked about that you are itching to share us about being a volunteer or something that you've said maybe that you would reiterate. Um, like what is a closing comment you'd make to leave us with? Well, the biggest thing, I just think that it is such a, a ministry to me and I think it would be to, to most people that they can uh, become friends with their um, their patients and their families, and their um, it's just a, a great opportunity to do whatever you feel like you can do for the patient. And I appreciate so much all that you do uh, for our organization and the three decades of patients and families that you've served, the caregivers that you've supported and got to encourage along the way. I am just appreciative of you. And um, thank you to your husband and daughters who have shared you along the way as well. Um, and as I promised, I won't make you sing, um, but I'm sure your voice is lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Darlene. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I enjoy it. Hi, friends. I'd like to take a moment to encourage you to consider becoming a hospice volunteer. With just a few hours per week, volunteers make a tremendous impact in the lives of those our organization serves. For more information about how you can get involved with our organization, visit the volunteer page at www.hospiceofthepiedmont.org. And now, let's get back to the conversation. Hey, Zach, thank you so much for being with me today. I am so excited to get to know you and hear a little bit about your story and why you're um, a hospice volunteer. So to kick things off, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? All right. First off, thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm 19. I currently attend High Point University as a sophomore. I'm studying biochemistry with a minor in Spanish, and I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. Provides a little bit of a travel distance, but I'm still happy to represent anything I can here. Cool. That's quite a commute, so I appreciate it all the way from Kentucky. Uh, just kidding. But you're a college student. You're 19 years old. Um, you could be doing a lot of things with your time at High Point University. I'm sure you have a social life and friends and all that, but why volunteer with hospice? Well, despite the fact that, yeah, I might technically have what many people would consider a full-time job studying for my classes and stuff, it's, you have to have 
a little bit of center back into reality every once in a while. I think hospice is a phenomenal opportunity for that, along with everything else that they provide. They provide an experience that's just, it's just different. It's unique. It's something that you would never get to do, especially as a 19-year-old, just in college, going to talk to people that maybe not many people get to talk to, mm-hmm. people that I would often consider me never having the chance to talk to. I could go around to all of my friends, and I know that they've never had this opportunity. Yeah. I think that's one of the greatest things about it and one of the reasons why I do it. I think also along with that, it's just it's just a nice it's a step away from school. It's a step outside of the school environment, maybe a little bit out of my routine because mm-hmm. college is all about, at least for me, it's all about routines. You wake up, you go to school, you do the same stuff. It's a step back. It's a reset. It's time away where I just get to focus on somebody else other than myself, maybe yeah. myself a little bit and how I grow. But that's why I'm personally cool volunteering at hospice. And you you know, you have these future aspirations in the science healthcare world. This is going to be some great clinical experience of working with patients. So it seems like a win-win, which is pretty neat. Uh, so this uh, kind of conversation is piggybacking a conversation we had with another volunteer, Darlene, who's been with our organization for over three decades. And she shared um, that she felt a little hesitancy about volunteering with hospice early on. Uh, would you say you had a similar experience to that or what kind of apprehensions did you have? Um, and has your experience kind of aligned with those or has it been different? Yeah. So I think really going into any job, maybe everybody has any apprehensions of some kind, some different than others. But uh, personally, the biggest one that I had was, yes, I am 19 year old, 19 years old. And yes, I'm going to go talk to people that are six, seven times my age that <laughs> yeah. that maybe we don't connect on a lot of things. Maybe our experiences in life have been so, so different. But the thing that scared me the most was maybe just being looked down upon because I'm, uh-huh. I'm 19. You're going in, I'm walking into a room to meet you for the first time. You know, maybe someone gets a little apprehensive when they see the college student. Maybe they think I don't know a lot or I can't help them because I'm so young and inexperienced. But that was that was my biggest thing that I had to kind of overcome. And I did. But that was my initial thing I was worried about. Yeah. Other than that, I was really just excited for the opportunity to to talk and to see what people had to say. It's not that it's exactly correlating, but it's a little bit of a mentor way. I can take some life experiences, some stories away from these people that are near the end of life when I would be, as many would consider, the beginning of, yeah. of their life and their yeah. journey. So that's a cool perspective. And so I assume you've gone in and you have been accepted. Yes. Like you haven't been yes. like outed for being 19. That's great. Shockingly more than I ever imagined. Okay, ever. good. So, you know, along those lines, what have you enjoyed most about working with hospice patients? I really, I enjoy every single, I go on Sundays. I enjoy every Sunday. I look forward to it. I go right after um, church personally and I go and I talk and I sit and then I listen to whatever happened in their week. And it's, and sometimes they'll ask me questions about mine. I'll talk if, if that's what they want. But I've just enjoyed going, seeing how their week goes. Maybe their family came. They got some unique stories. The thing I, the other thing is they really look forward to having you. They mm-hmm. they might not, some of them have families. Some of them don't. Maybe they get visitors. Maybe they don't. Other than the ones around them and the workers that come in all the time. But it's unique to see that they really care about you coming to talk and they're like truly interested in what you have to say while you're there 
and that they are very grateful for the time that you spend with them. That's what I like the most is that it just, it's a little, maybe a little bit of reinsurance Yeah, that they, they really do appreciate the time that you spend with them, even though they know that you're busy and they might not have all that much to do at the time, but right. they really do appreciate it. That's cool. my favorite part by far. And you're a volunteer at like nursing homes and yeah, I go to nursing facilities. I go to the same nursing home for cool. two people currently. Um, <clears throat> have you discovered, I know you've only been, you know, a volunteer for a year, uh, but have you discovered anything new about yourself or have you learned anything from either patients you've served or your volunteer training that's kind of begin to shape you or, you know, uh, direct some new knowledge or insight? Yeah, I'd say the, the biggest thing I learned both from training and my my real life experience so far is the differences between the outside perspective on hospice and what it really is and what it really provides. I'd say the outside perspective is, yeah, many people look at it as, you know, maybe you maybe you've given up or maybe you've kind of like tapped out, many people would say, or just kind of accepted what's happening. But it's not that you're giving up. It's that you're you're really you're coming to realization of where you're at and you're you're coming with the attitude that they're going to make the best of it. And my job is just to make that decision as great as it possibly could have been. I don't want that person to have any more regrets on what they've done. I just want them to be happy all the way until maybe, maybe it is the end. Maybe they thrive for as long as they possibly can, mm -hmm. but it's just a, a big difference in what it really is and what it provides versus what many people think hospice is. I know that I thought that initially, yeah. but my world has completely turned around and I don't, I no longer believe that. I would no longer not suggest somebody go into hospice. Yeah. Because to me, it no longer means giving up. It's I just a new opportunity. That's probably one of the best um you know, pitches for hospice as we could get from somebody because that's exactly what we hope from folks in the community, volunteer or not, just, you know, to have an understanding that hospice is about, not about death and dying, but about life and making the, the most of what time remains, um, kind of a refocus, a reshift of our needs, our wants, our priorities, our goals. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm glad that training kind of shared that, but that your real life experiences kind of confirmed those truths. Um, so when I spoke with Darlene, uh, she shared her encouragement for those who might be considering become a, becoming a volunteer. Um, and I kind of love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, let's say another college student at HPU is on the fence about volunteering with hospice. What encouragement would you share with them? Uh, yeah, so I would 100% I encourage somebody. I actually had this conversation not that long ago. It was right before um, winter came around with somebody about how they could get involved and how they could kind of start this experience. Because a lot of college students, especially those on the pre-med track, similar to me, are they really only think there's two ways to get experience. And it's either doing um, some nursing assistant work or doing being an, becoming an EMT and doing rounds like that. But I mean, while you're at college, yeah, those are great opportunities. But while you're at college, you're busy. I mean, you have you got to find new ways to kind of adjust, experience different things you might not experience in other ways. I think that's what hospice provides better than anything else that I've seen. While you're at college, they work well around your schedule or my schedule personally. It's kind of on my own time and it's still impactful, meaningful. 
it it gives you a sense of reassurance, maybe a step back, step away, not some grilling environment that you're going into as EMT work for a bit. It's just an entirely new environment that gives you a new perspective mm-hmm. and gives you a little bit, gives a little care to those those people that maybe don't ever receive much. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that I would suggest. But I would always encourage anybody to do it, regardless of where you're at. I think it's a great thing to do on your own time. And you can take your own, you get your own experiences. You get some stories to tell yep. as much as you can. It sounds like, ironically, uh, a hospice experience, of all things, has been very life-giving to you. Like you've had, um, you know, you've learned things about yourself, about people that are five times your age. Uh, and so your last patient, you said, was what, 100 and... 102. 102 years old. So a 19-year-old going to hang out with a 102-year-old and like laughing together about life. That's pretty neat. A pretty rare experience. Um is there anything you would want to share with our listeners that you haven't said yet or that we didn't already talk about before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I'll share maybe a little bit about just kind of my favorite memory that okay. I've had so yeah. far. I mean, I'm not that far in. I'm sure Darlene had a million stories to say, <laughs> but this is my favorite so far. And it was with that um, 102-year-old. I mean, he was he was in in the Alzheimer's unit, maybe people think that they're not going to remember anything that you say. Maybe you think that what you go into it is going to be just, maybe you could say the same thing every week, but it's not, it wasn't that with him. He, he remembered everything that would we would talk about. He was so happy to see me. He would thank me a million times. And it really just like hit home of like, you know, I took time out of my, out of my week to be here and it, it made an impact. Mm. I remember he actually, he had a great, grandson who went to a school kind of near me and I actually ended up playing his great-grandson in soccer oh no way yeah which was very unique and I I know I couldn't say anything about it but he had mentioned to me he was like oh my great-grandson plays there so I thought that was by far the most unique thing about yeah just I mean I'm from I'm a 19 year old from Kentucky this guy is 102 years old and I'm I'm talking to him that morning, three hours later, going and playing his great-grandson in soccer. That is wild. And that was by far my favorite memory. I was like, you know what? Like that, that's really cool. <clears throat> it made your world so much smaller. Yeah. Like this one encounter. It's pretty neat. Well, Zach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to share with me and our listeners. And even more than that, thank you for what you do for patients like your 102-year-old friend and all the others that you served Um, here as a volunteer with hospice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the E-Series. If you feel inspired from this episode and would like to learn more about becoming a hospice volunteer, be sure to visit the volunteer page at www.hospiceofthepiedmont.org. Here at the E-Series, we're excited about our upcoming episodes for 2024 highlighting a variety of incredible guests from our own team as well as members of our community. Tune in next month as we chat with local physical therapist Annette Corrin on working with patients with Parkinson's disease and their caregivers. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification as each episode publishes. Until then, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.